Hey friend, and welcome back to the Alex Makes VR podcast. In today's episode, I want to elaborate on a point that was brought up at an event I was speaking at uh, last week. When it went to the Q&A, I was asked, how much do you let tech influence your VR projects? For example, if hand tracking is the latest craze with headsets, do you, you know, find an idea that would suit uh, hand tracking? I guess simplified the question is, what comes first, the tech or the story. So that's what I want to dive into in today's episode. Before I dive in, as always, if you've got a subject or a question, I would love to hear from you. It's crazy the kind of stories I've been getting over the last couple of weeks, an outpour of support, people that have literally started their own businesses. Some people have quit their jobs and now have, you know, five-figure clients off the back of the advice uh, from this podcast. Some amazing, amazing feedback and people are asking asking questions along the way, which I really love. So please, if you've got a question about your VR journey or just something very specific to your project, please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. It's AlexMakesVR on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to email me or sign up to the newsletter, you can do so by going over to AlexMakesVR.com. So I gave this talk last week for Future Screens Northern Ireland, and I believe they're going to put it up on their website. So check that out, Future Screens NI. Go check out their website and see if it's live. I'd, I'd highly recommend it just because half of the presentation was Q&A and the questions were so thoughtful they, they were just brilliant. So, uh, and if you are someone that is listening to the podcast off the back of seeing me talk at that event, thank you again so much um, for joining. But one question that really stood out to me, and I thought immediately, I need to record a podcast episode about this, was um, someone asked, how much do you let the tech lead your ideas? For example, if Oculus comes out with this mind-blowing new hand control feature, aren't you tempted to incorporate that into your ideas? And I thought this is definitely a topic that I want to explore for the podcast because most people, 99.9% of creatives will tell you, no, 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 it's all about the idea and you build the tech around it. No, 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 you have to stay true to the story and be authentic with your ideas, man. And all, all that kind of classic artist vision uh, speech, which no shade if you are one of those people that believes in that. Absolutely, you are entitled to your opinion. My personal opinion is, of course, you are going to be influenced by the tech. Now, of course, you can start with a really strong idea. And then, uh, like, for example, with my new project, Bad News, I started with the idea. And then off the back of a conversation with the developer about the advancements in voice interactivity, using your voice commands to, to um you know, to trigger certain events in a VR experience, I was like, that is perfect because what I like to preach and what I kind of talk about in terms of uh, storytelling in XR is like literally letting someone step into the story. And what's better to let someone fully feel like they're part of a story than actually having to read aloud some part of the script? Because essentially that's the superpower of VR, right? Is you are now an actor, you are now a character in the story. 
So it's not that I was led by the tech. It's not that I found out that voice interactive was a thing and I thought, oh, I need to come up with an idea specifically for that. But my piece, Bad News, could very well be done just as a passive VR, like 360 or 180 experience. It doesn't need the interactivity, but I feel like it adds this new dimension to it. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm not ashamed to say that, well, it could, it could, it didn't, doesn't need voice interactivity, but it also doesn't need to be passive. I'm totally flexible and I will, I will, um, depending on my budget and resource, I will absolutely try and make the piece as best as possible. Now, with something like bad news, yeah, hand tracking, for example, in the Oculus Quest 2 is amazing. But is that relevant to bad news? No. So am I going to use that feature? No. So I guess this is where we get into that kind of like grey, blurry territory. I think if you're new to this space and one of, and the tech is the thing that excites you and you are really drawn to this idea of like, wow, like the idea of being able to walk around a space using that kind of room scale, um, inside out tracking that these new headsets use. If that excites you because, because you've never seen that before and you want to take an idea and make it malleable so that it works for something like that, phenomenal, do it. I don't see anything wrong with that. And anyone that tells you that there is something wrong with that is a douchebag, right? (laughs) Because we're so early on in this medium, we're so early on that we can't rule anything out. We need to try lots of things. We need to try lots of uh, creative ideas when it comes to the tech. And the tech needs lots of creative ideas to find its pitfalls, to find what does and doesn't work. And because there's not a lot of content in the scheme of things being made um, in virtual reality, actually anything that you want to create, if you believe that you can make it fit and not have it glaringly obvious that this is basically just a tech demo, um, then you should go for it. I don't think you should be discouraged. And there is a little bit too much of that, in in my opinion, in the artist kind of uh, sector of VR, where it's like they kind of scaremonger people from from using tech and 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 leading with tech. I think in this climate where the tech is rapidly advancing, where we're seeing, you know, if, if like if eye tracking becomes really accessible, is there some amazing storyteller listening to this podcast that goes? oh my God, eye tracking. Oh God, I've got so many ideas that could work with that. Like, what if I did a story that was all dictated by where the person was looking and it's like, you know, that certain things were triggering based on that. I've got a really good idea for that. That was led with the tech, but does that mean that they shouldn't do it? No. Does that mean that unless you've got an idea that magically... um, that you magically think, oh, do you know what would be amazing? I've got, I've had this idea for years. And if only multi-user, 
<laughs> live action mocap was a thing in VR and then you wait until the tech arrives or you spend all of your budget and resource trying to make that happen and you R&D it and it's painful and you spend thousands in in your own time and in budget and you know eventually it becomes this thing where actually yes that tech now does exist because you built it for the story that's incredible but that's a one percent story I would much rather you spend your time and energy focusing on um, creating pieces that you really love, that you really believe in. And if you get inspired by the tech to uh, either integrate that into your story or let that be the thing that inspires your story, then go for it. Don't let anyone tell you that that is wrong. Now, let's talk about the extremes, right? Because like I've just mentioned, there are certain pieces uh, that have been created historically in VR that they were the ones that pioneered an evolution in the technology because they so badly wanted to do something specific that didn't even exist yet. Like, for example, I remember years ago, probably about three years ago, maybe three or four years ago, actually, maybe um, I was at Sheffield Dockfest and there was a piece there and I'm it's the name of it is escaping me and I so apologize to the creators I can't remember what it's called but it was made by um Grace Boyle and her company the Feelies and it was basically a multi-sensorial experience where you um, were kind of going through, I believe, the Amazon jungle um, and they had created these like these certain scents that were triggered depending on where you were in the story. And they had, you know, things like a heater and a fan and you were in like this enclosed environment so that you could really feel and smell all of these things that accompanied your VR experience, right? And when they did that, um, they were just using like little vials that they would kind of use and they were using, you know, actual physical kind of props and there was people there that had to facilitate that. But flash forward to now... You can actually buy cartridges that attach to your VR headset that release scents at a certain time. How mad is that? And I don't know how much they influence the uh, the invention of that, but I have to think that you know their idea. They just they really really wanted to use uh, smell as one of the the kind of sensorial experiences. And as a result of that, we have seen massive strides in the invention of that actual technology. That's a 1% extreme example of a creator that was like, no, I have this vision for this project and I'm going to run with it, even though it doesn't exist. And then lo and behold, years later, now it's come into existence. That's incredible. Okay. That's amazing. I'm not decrying um, the merit in that. And if you're one of those people, if you're like a Willy Wonka style uh, artist, that's just got this wacky, crazy idea, it doesn't exist yet, but you're going to make it happen. It's going to be your life's work go for it. I'm Hats off to you. I'm not one of those people. Absolutely not. Not got the patience for that. Um, but you should go for it. And then on the other extreme, I remember being at um, an exhibition in LA a couple of years ago. Oh God, 
what I wouldn't give to be in LA right now. I mean, we're to be fair, we're just coming out of the depths of the winter here in um, the UK. So even like a nice 10 degrees Celsius is feeling like summer here. But what I wouldn't give to be able to fly across the world and go experience some VR in a sweaty arena with uh, a load of Californians. Um, but yeah, I was at this uh, this event, which was showcasing some brilliant pieces, including really credible, creative uh, pieces. Like there was an original from Hulu, which was like this interactive comedy where you got to smoke weed with Snoop Dogg. Um, and uh, the piece by uh, Lucas Risotto, Where Thoughts Go, which was um, this beautiful piece that premiered at Tribeca at the time. So really credible pieces. And then you had pieces that essentially were a tech demo. They didn't really have any story. They weren't well acted. They weren't very engaging. It was just more an exploration of, oh, okay, right. So what we've done is we've turned this controller into like a like a, a a gun so you can use this controller it's strapped to like a model gun and uh, it's a story where you do xyz and isn't it amazing that we're using the sensor on the um on the controller attached to a prop to interact with the environment and don't get me wrong the tech was phenomenal it was fantastic but I wasn't emotionally impacted. I wa- and if and if that wasn't the point of the piece, then fair dues. It depends on the context, right? It depends on what they were trying to achieve with that. But I got the sense that they were trying to make it quite uh, impactful. It, they were trying to have this really Hollywood-like action story going on. And I was just lost because I was just kind of, the tech was the thing that was driving it. The tech was the most interesting thing. And also the tech was the thing that, it wasn't intuitive, um, probably because it was so new and because they were trying to kind of invent this new thing. Um, but the story was just lost because I was just so caught up with trying to work out what I was and wasn't supposed to do with this thing. And that's an example of where it's too tech heavy and the story is just so lacking. So you do have to get a balance. I'm not suggesting that everyone goes out and creates an idea purely to run on, you know, run a certain thing. But it would be completely unrealistic to say that at this point in time, when we all have limited budgets, limited resources, limited time, quite frankly, and often we're working with small crews or even just like working on our own projects all by ourselves, it would be totally unrealistic to not start with the technology in mind. This is something that I preach often on other episodes when I'm talking about creating a VR film. You have to start with your audience. If you go and look at any panel, any keynote, any any kind of, um, you know, traditional television or film event, most commissioners at like a Netflix or Amazon alike, they will sell this BS about oh yeah, don't worry, you know, don't factor in the budget, don't factor in, you know, don't try and write for what we want, just, you know, just write the idea. And yes, of course, there is merit in that when you're Netflix or when you're Prime, because they want to discover that 1%. They want the gems, the create the things that have been rejected elsewhere or would seem so, so out there and such high budget that no one else would take a gamble on it, maybe. But when it comes to VR, when it comes to being an indie creator, you have 
to be an entrepreneur. You have to have in mind how much you're willing to spend in not only money, but in your time and what return you're going to get from that. So if you set out to make something and then two years down the line, you realize no one's funding it, it's impossible. The hardware that you originally were making it for because you thought it was like, it was, you know, it can only work on the magic leap. You know, you're going to be screwed because who's got a magic leap to experience your piece? You know, who's, what happens when a gear VR stops functioning, et cetera, et cetera. You've spent so long trying to make this piece because you weren't taking into consideration the tech um, and you weren't taking into consideration uh, where you wanted this thing to go and how it was going to show and what what the realities of that was going to be, um, that that maybe it just kind of destroys the project down the line. And I've touched on a, an interesting thing that I just want to elaborate on, which is time scales, time frames. When people um, kind of come to me and they say, oh, I've been working on this VR project for three years, in my head, I'm thinking, well, I really hope that you have... I really hope that you have kind of kept up with the changes in the industry and you have adjusted. Because if you're making a piece that you thought of three years ago, so much has changed and we know so much more about this medium now, although we're still very early on, we still know a lot more about this industry, um, that potentially you could be lagging, right? Because three years in VR world is like 10 to 20 years in in the normal kind of TV and film sphere in terms of advancements in, in the language of, of the experience, in the advancements in the tech. So I would recommend, don't be too precious, okay? Especially if you're early on in your career, just make, 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 okay? Try and keep things as small as possible until you have the kind of profile that you could go after investment. And when I say uh, the kind of profile, I'm talking a very, very 1% of people, okay? I'm talking even like... Even something um, like uh, like how I'm positioned in the industry, I can't go to an investor and get thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. The BFI money that I've got for my most recent project is is a lovely sum of money, but it's absolutely nowhere near what something like a Spheres or a Gloomy Eyes or a crow the legend, or uh, the line, any of these massive kind of, you know, massive is relative, obviously, but massive in the VR industry kind of pieces um, have been backed by or or received investment from. So really keep that in mind. To summarise, don't be afraid of letting the tech lead your ideas, just make sure it doesn't become an all out tech demo. Make sure that you are inspired by the tech rather than creating a story around the tech. The story does still have to be central, but don't be afraid to be inspired and kind of incorporate new tech. Don't be afraid of the arseholes that will be like, "Mm, you're just doing hand tracking because hand tracking is popular. Like, oh, sod off, Karen. Um, So there you go. If you get anyone like that coming to you, you can just send them to me, send them to my podcast and I'll set them straight. But likewise, um, if you've got an idea that you really believe in, you're really passionate about and the kind of, um, you, you aren't led by the tech, don't let that be, uh, 
something that stops you, don't just let your passion fly. Just don't take forever on it. Please, please, please don't wait around thinking that you're sitting on a gold mine and just spending all your time trying to get people to invest, trying to get people to give you money or their time. Just make it because I promise you that piece, like when I, it's funny because when I do talks, I still obviously talk about Key to Like, my first project. But at this point, that project is five years old. It's five, we filmed it in December 2016. I would be embarrassed if I thought that was the best work I've done since then, you know? Um, so, so much has happened since then. I know so much more about the, the medium and I love that piece for what it was and in the context of when it was showing. But man, oh man, I've got so much bigger dreams and big, bigger visions and bigger ideas now because I know a lot more about what works, what doesn't, what audiences want, where we are in terms of the ecosystem. And you can be the same. So get out there, make your projects. If you're new to this space, just start trying things. Get inspired, use the different tech, use the different features, see what comes to you. Um, I remember when um, the hand tracking first came out and I did actually get inspired and write a really, really short, really short piece, which was basically just this kind of one-to-one experience with someone playing um, uh, rock, paper, scissors. And it was, I won't go into too much detail, but it was basically like this lofty kind of metaphor for uh, rock, paper, scissors only having um, an, a certain amount of outcomes. And isn't that funny? Because that's like life. Uh, and, and basically it was a giant metaphor just using rock, paper, scissors, but you, the audience had to use the hand tracking to actually play rock, paper, scissors. And depending on what you did, say for example, you do rock, they, they, the character did scissors, that would tell a different bit of the script to if you did paper and they did scissors. So it was kind of like a lofty metaphor for life that was tied into the tech of hand tracking and interactive narrative, which I've not made because I don't have the computing skills um, to make that. So that's an idea of an example that was inspired by the tech. Um, But I will probably never get around to making that piece, even though I feel like it could be really brilliant because that's not in my area of expertise. And if I were to spend all of my time trying to get funding and trying to find people that would be willing to help me make that, it would probably take so, so much longer. I would much rather stick to something that I know if all was lost, if the BFI money, like for some reason fell through, if everything, if everyone that was currently um, on board for the project decided to pull out, I know I could make that piece by myself because I have those skills, I have those resources. So be practical, but don't be afraid to dream and, and let your kind of imagination run wild when it comes to the tech. So this episode was basically just a massive paradox, really, wasn't it? (laughs) So have fun digesting that. If you like this episode, uh, it would mean the world to me if you shared it. If you just take a screenshot of um, of the episode and share it on your social media, or if there was a particular quote that stood out to you, uh, put it on social media and tag me. I absolutely love to see what people are taking away from these episodes because podcasts are a little bit of an echo chamber, especially one that you deliver as a monologue by yourself in your living room pacing around. Let's check the step count. 
6,000 steps, not bad, not bad. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to leave you there, guys. But uh, I look forward to speaking to some of you on the interwebs. And have a great day wherever you are in the world. 